I've come to avenge my friend, and to punish you for all the suffering you've caused. Today the sun will rise without you, Ogren. The following film podcast frequently contains adult content, including foul language and descriptions of adult situations. Spoilers for the films discussed occur often. Listener discretion is advised. Now take it away, Dr. Rausch. (laughs) They must be destroyed on sight! Welcome to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight, episode 170, and I'm your host, Lee. I don't have any friends, Russell, and I'm joined by my co-host, Daniel. My enemies call me Mace Harper. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I'm really just surprised that you actually found uh, lines of dialogue from this film. <laughs> you know, There's very few. <laughs> There's very few. There's very few, yeah. Um, and we are also joined by Paul. When a man meets a man, you never know which one will die, Ramali. How you doing, sir? Good. But when an animal meets a man, the animal always dies. Mm-hmm. I'm, glad to, I'm glad to be here right now. <laughs> uh, so we're going to be taking a look at Lucio Fulci's only sword and sorcery uh, genre edition, I guess you could say. Uh, Fulci trying to um, expand his horizons a little bit, trying to get get out of being typecast as a horror director, although... There's so many horror elements in this film that I don't know if that was ultimately all that successful. But we're going to be looking at Conquest from 1983. Uh, But before we get into that, we do have some listener comments here. So first we're going to go to Kai Clear, and he's talking about our episode on uh, the new Barbarians from last time. This is brilliant review. At first I thought the most difficult thing would be to see how long I could tolerate the vehicle's annoying electro-whining and their tinfoil set dressing. (laughs) But then that initiation scene happens, and you suddenly wonder if you've been watching a different film all this time. Much like you suggested, I originally watched this Intoxicated with Friends on one of our ep- of our regular Bad Film Friday screening sessions. Served as a double bill with another George Eastman classic, 2019 After the Fall of New York from 1983. Awesome. Uh, and as far as Conquest goes, he says, uh, looking forward to hearing what you make of Conquest, or, or as I like to call it, is, is that the same cave? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is it supposed to be a different cave? Why are they there again? Uh, the poster for the film is proper fantastic, by the way. Uh, and he says, uh, so a usual, usual collection of standard Fulci special effects sprinkled around fairly monotonous story. Less crawl, more dull. But again, he says brilliant poster, though. So there we go. Yeah. he He's still in my thunder, really. So uh, what's going on with this? But you know, it's fine. <laughs> Jeff Williams chimes in with his recommendation of the week. He says, Patty Rocks from 1988, a dialogue-heavy 70s-style character piece about two estranged pals, Billy and Eddie, who reconnect and embark on a road trip to meet with Billy's mistress, 
Patty in order to talk her into getting an abortion. Yes, that's right. It's a comedy. <laughs> okay. I, I saw I saw this on the uh, Facebook page, and I'm like, let's do this next week. It's going to be great. <laughs> I don't think we'll be doing this next week, but uh, we will be on the list. Uh, like we said again, we're probably going to do a uh, uh, all Jeff Williams recommendations uh, month or something like that sometime down the road here. So uh, we will get to it. As far as Conquest goes, it says, I've always been strangely attracted to uh, Jorge Rivero, and I'd like to see a porn version of Conquest where he and uh, Andrea Ochipinti have a big orgy with all the weird creatures. I guess everyone feels that way. Also, where can I get one of those glow-in-the-dark bows? Yeah, I don't know if to some people this movie probably is porn. Uh, maybe torture porn, but... Uh... I think you get the glow-in-the-dark bows at a uh, at a store, which is a combination of Bass Pro Shops and Spencer's Goods. That's mm. the way to go. And, uh, and, ro- and rotoscoping uh, shit on the screen. <laughs> yeah, well, that too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jay Deering pipes in and says, uh, the movie is such a glorious shit show. And then Derek Bourgeois says, the movie is batshit insane, crazy. Uh, it might be Fulci's most atmospheric film, and it's not a horror movie. Uh, again, amazing score by Claudio Simonetti, and uh, definitely agree with that. But yeah, there's our comments. Uh, thank you, guys. No YouTube comments this time, so uh, we got off lucky. <laughs> it's always fun to just bash random people who comment on our shit on the internet uh, through mm. YouTube. So you know, I kind of miss it, but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get some next time. So we can move on to what we've watched in the last while, and I know you have a couple things there, Daniel. So uh, I'll let you uh, take over. <clears throat> Yeah, so I uh, saw a couple of things, one of which we're going to cover in a single sentence, and the other we're going to cover in uh, about four sentences, but it's going to be fine. Uh, I saw the new uh, Spider-Man film, Far From Home. Mm -hmm. Lee and I will cover that in something like two years. (laughs) It's good. The other, I was kind of sitting around, and my wife has been watching through Stranger Things Season 3. It kind of made me want to rewatch Reanimator. So I rewatched Reanimator. Nice. That's also quite good. You can listen to me talk about it on this podcast if you go and Google it. It'll it'll be there somewhere. It's quite good if you haven't seen Reanimator. I can't believe you would be listening to this podcast and not have seen Reanimator. But yeah, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. kind of thinking everybody who listens to this podcast yeah. on a regular basis should have seen Reanimator by now. I I almost want to re-review Reanimator with you. That's one of the, because I had never seen that film before you and I did it on the podcast mm-hmm. and legitimately it's one of those films that it's one of my favorite films that we've covered on this podcast. Honestly, you know, it certainly is a first time watch. It's so much fun. It's so, mm-hmm. uh, it's so not the film that, you know, so many of the kind of slow plotting, uh, interesting, but you know, kind of, you know, whatever kind of uh, horror films can be. This is, this is a film that it has, it's got a lot of energy to it. It's so much just a little burst of energy, a little burst of fun, a little burst of, you know, gore effects and uh, exactly what I wanted that film to be. And uh, I just kind of love it wholeheartedly. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, the the, the yeah. lovely Barbara Crampton uh, getting really, really naked. And a little head, too. Yeah. Getting a little head, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some great performances, too. I and Sorry, I'm... So I I watched this film, the film that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. Mm -hmm. I I talked about it. I I watched it. 
I, I did the thing where uh, you start watching the film with three beers in you, and you finish watching the film with five beers in you. <laughs> and uh, that might explain some of the uh, incoherence that I'm expressing right now. But, um, you know, yeah. So I rewatched Reanimator. It's great. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. I will say Prime. that um, if I if I I would if I was if I was a rich man da, 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 if I was a rich man if I had the chance to fund something I would I would definitely fund A and E to do a true to story H.P. Lovecraft reanimator three part series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can go for that. Absolutely! Oh my god, so sexy. The actual Lovecraft story is vastly different from the movie. Yes, it, but at definitely. the same time, it's vastly just like just so much emotion and atmosphere and stuff like that that I would love to see a, a, like a true to depiction timeline story, three parts done by Andy. I think they do a great job. But the original animator is. Is, is fucking just fantastic. I would not be surprised, I haven't checked in a while, but I wouldn't be surprised if the H.P. Uh, Lovecraft uh, Historical Society have not done at least a, a low-budget short film production of that or have one in the works because they've been sort of going through some of uh, Lovecraft's yep. big classics. But they so. wouldn't do it correctly, if you know what I mean. Uh, I don't know about that. I've uh, watched some stuff from them, and it's just like, yeah, but... Yeah, but I, I think I think what we need is a big budget tentpole release version of HP Lovecraft Iverse with you know who 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 would be perfect for this? Um, oh, Del Toro. No, 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 no. Who who's the perfect actor to be at the oh, core to play to play Lovecraft himself, How, telling Lovecraft his stories in a in a. No, I'm thinking I'm thinking uh, Zach Efron. Zach Efron as HP Lovecraft. Uh, no. No, I think I just go with uh, I just go with the guy who um, what's his name uh, David Hemendahl or whatever the guy who played oh, Lovecraft. Sight? Yeah, no, to yeah, sight. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. I would say uh, Zach Galifianakis would be great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's just go a totally different way. Let's just go. Let's go, Jonathan Frakes. Jonathan, Jonathan now, Frakes. Now, now we can all agree on that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm H.P. Lovecraft. I'm H.P. Lovecraft. Straight. I'm here to tell the story of the aliens. That I was going to say, down. like, why, why choose anything when when Al Roker is still alive? <laughs> why? What better choice than that? Hello, I'm Al Roker. Play H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft. And here we're, we are. The, the story I'm we're going to talk about is the the horror at Red Hook. <laughs> The the real tragedy is that uh, we all waited too long to get the true person who would be the best at this, and that is Sir Jim Varney. Jim oh, Varney. You know what? I actually would love to see Jim Varney doing a real serious fucking crazy... Like, I watched him play uh, Macbeth once, and he was actually very good at it. Well, no, he started as a serious stage actor. No, he was very serious, and like he did a, a, a Macbeth play that I watched, and it was actually really good. You, you know, you know what? I, I honestly think Vardy could have pulled it off. Yeah, he, I, he I, I actually think that. Bitter, I actually think that's true. Yeah, I was, I was only bitter, half joking, but you know. Yeah, but but an angry, bitter Varney would have actually did a pretty good job. Mm, yeah, because he was a bastard. You know what I mean? Like, I heard he, he was difficult. He, yeah, he would have played one of those uh, taciturn, Innsmouth like types. Like the the Dunwich, like could you imagine seeing him in Dunwich Horror or like one of the uh, August Garrelith versions where he was one of the angry villagers? Like he would have did a great job. 
Or he could have been the uh, the one guy who wasn't one of the fish people, the drunk yeah. in town or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. He could have been, yeah, yeah. He could have been the uh, nonagenarian. Uh, yeah. Well, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Yeah, I, it's been uh, it's been I a while mean, since I've read it. Yeah. So. Oh, Jesus Christ. What's his name? Oh, oh I'm, I'm having those moments. Yeah, it's it's oh, all right. It'll it'll come back to us. But uh, I'll I'll mention one thing I watched. Uh, I've been trying to get more into uh, Eastern Asian horror. Not only just Eastern Asian, but there's there's all this uh, non Japanese stuff on Netflix now. You know, Korean they was big. A bunch of Korean shit in the last like week, from what I saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot of Korean, a lot of Indonesian. Uh, there's a lot of Bollywood fucking horror films hmm. show up. You have showed up. to watch Calamity of Snakes. And it is a, it's, you have to watch it. Okay. Uh, do, so, do do Bollywood horror films come with songs? I I'm Better. assuming some of them at least do because that's just kind of the tradition, right? But I think the, for the most part, they probably just lean more on humor. There's even Turkish, a bunch of Turkish horror films dropped on uh, Netflix in the last little while. The one I watched was an Indonesian one. The the thing I like about uh, Asian horror is like they've got really weird fucking ghosts. Their their ghosts are all sort of centered around women for the most part. Like they're always female spirits out for revenge, and they're very specific to the type of spirit, like what what they are. Uh, I watched this film called Susanna Buried Alive. I'll I'll say from the from the get go, it's it's way too long. Uh, that's kind of one of the problems a lot of Asian horror films have is they're just too goddamn long. Like you have two hours and you could have done it in an hour and a half or less, right? Apparently, it's a remake of an Indonesian horror film from the nineteen uh, eighties, and this was back when. Indonesia was under this like super oppressive government that censored a lot of stuff and monitored its uh, citizens to a great extent. Uh, I think their government was called like the New Order or some shit like that back in the day. They just sort of in the last couple decades they've just kind of gotten past that. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> I love that during that entire like conversation that you and I just had, which was just you monologuing, Paul was fiddling with his microphone, and then like uh, you know, a fire truck came by. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, so it's it's basically it's it's a it, it's sort of a rape revenge thing. There's no real rape in it. It's just a, a group of disgruntled employees killed a wife. Of of their employer, they they originally just like home invade and they were going to steal shit. And she comes back home at the wrong time, and then they kill her. But she comes back as this specific Indonesian ghost that mm-hmm. has this like big, massive, rotting hole in their back. Like uh, I, I guess it, it it sort of drifts away from the uh, some of the traditional uh, aspects of this ghost, where it originally was supposed to be a prostitute that's pregnant, that dies. Like, they have very specific ghosts for specific situations for women, apparently. You see, here, here's where I land on, like, you know, these mythologies come out of, like, particular uh, time and place and, you know, kind of sociopolitical phenomena. And I have no context for this, so I can't comment intelligently. But I'm really interested to know more about this ghost, honestly. It's weird because it because the way the ghost manifests... It can hide its its appearance and appear like uh, just a physical, normal being, you know, just a normal woman. But when it's not concentrating on hiding its form, this specific ghost has a big, massive hole in its back. And some of the legend says, like, oh, the the undead baby 
broke out of it or whatever or in any way it's supposed to be a much a much more impressive vengeance ghost because it's got the spirits of two dead beings in it instead of just one and and when when the whole manifests in her back it's like it's all bloody there's maggots in it and all kinds of shit very interesting uh, ghost uh I, I like, like it. something i definitely have sex with <laughs> I, I i like it better than the, like the japanese ghosts which i've just kind of you know I've, I've seen enough fucking japanese ghosts at this point from the ring and uh yeah. and stuff like that so but i enjoyed it. it it's just very interesting to sort of get like a snapshot of indonesian culture and, and what they sort of think is of horror the movie itself doesn't really play like a horror movie though it plays more like a maybe it's some sort of commentary on the original one from the 80s i don't know if that's what they're trying to go for, but there's like no suspense or anything like that, but great gore, really good performances. It definitely shows you that religion is in every aspect of their lives in Indonesia. Like it's, it's the most populated uh, Muslim country in the world, apparently. Yep. Uh, Yeah. And most, you know, in terms of individual countries, more Muslims live in Indonesia than any other country. Mm-hmm. Because Indonesia is a highly populated country that is largely Muslim. If you're talking about the Middle East in general, more people live in the Middle East who are Muslim, right. but they live in a bunch of other countries. Mm-hmm. Um, almost as if there was some imperial power that went and cut all those like people into like smaller political units for their own purposes or something. Yeah, I don't know who would do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, Indonesia is really interesting i'll, I'll say that and, no, no, and, no definitely definitely i mean you know. uh, yeah I've, I've watched this one i've watched a couple others that i i need to rewatch before i can talk about but like I every mean, we, we need to we need to do the act of killing at some point on this podcast mm-hmm. i think um but i think yeah. every I've, I've seen like five indonesian films now and every indonesian film i've seen has it's almost like it's a requisite of some sort where there there are scenes of you know praying to mecca or whatever the fuck you know kind of thing yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's there's definitely that aspect in there, and their ghosts are interesting. They do the same thing the Japanese do, where they they sprinkle like really goofy comedic characters in their serious films, which is also kind of interesting too. Like uh, yeah. I guess it's I guess it's in a, in a way it's kind of the same idea as like Town to Dreaded Sundown, where you need a little bit of relief from the yeah, horror. Well, or but the thing is, like if you if you make a cake, you add a little salt to the batter, and it makes it sweeter because the sweets stand out more like it's one of those balance acts that they, mm. that they do and it's the same thing you put a little bit of comedy in there and then it makes the gore stand out or the horror stand out just that little bit more yeah because if everything's horror the whole time you kind of get desensitized to it. yeah so like I, I say it's worth watching it's it's not like don't go in expecting like a hardcore horror film like uh, like ring or um or uh, the Grudge, or something along those lines. Those it, it's are not quite cool. So don't do that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there we go. Anything you watch? You want to talk about Paul? I just watched the Snarling. The Snarling, which I just bought, which is a new werewolf film into my collection. Of course, it's, it's a werewolf a, it's, film. It's a, of course, <laughs> it's a, it's a British film. It is sadly stupid. <laughs> it's a, a film where I was like, okay, the, there's a lot of comedy in this. I get it. I get it. But then they started overdoing it. And you could see, here's the problem with comedy. Here's the problem with the comedy that I have anymore. If you make it so stupid and dumbed down that everyone gets it, the joke is no longer funny. And that is exactly... That's why American comedy is so ridiculously dumb. And everybody that likes it is a fucking moron. 
So if it, it's so, so it's dumbed down. So is it like on the level of like uh, epic movie or something along those yeah. lines? Like, well, it's it's along the lines like like you you could see where they have fluence of like the dawn of the dead, the Shaun of the dead, a little bit of hot fuzz. Like they're trying to poke fun at the cops and poke fun. Like I get it, I get it. But then at the the end, like it gets so like you keep doing the same joke over and over again, and they have silver wrap on the sausages. That's aluminum foil. We all know what silver wrap is, aluminum foil. Right. And they, they put it in the back of a, a heat lamp on the stage because they're, they're doing a, a, a shoot there. And the one uh, light, they had two sausages. The one light ends up like basically incapacitating the one bad guy, the one guy that was the, there. The other one shoots out at the end like a missile and plums the fucking werewolf in his heart and kills him. An aluminum foil wrap sausage saves the day at the end of the film. I was like, you know what? All you guys can die in a car crash with your parents and your children. Pieces of shit. I'm fucking done. Aluminum foil uh, wrapped sausage does sound a little bit like a space age penis reference. So I do think there's probably a Cold War metaphor that I could probably build out of this. If just because you, sh- you could doesn't mean you should. We're going to call this the Apollo program. That's the one thing I will say right now out loud is, is Zadok Allen, the known engineerian from Shadow Over and Smith. Zadok Allen. There you go. Okay. There it is. Okay. We tied and it all back together. And then we're going. Now we're fucking moving. I think it's here. I think it's time for a break and we can come back to the movie. Uh, we'll we'll play yeah. some podcast promos and some music and we'll come back and talk about conquest. Come to the right place. My name is Gary and I am your guide to Cinema Beef Podcast. Every episode, we not only deliver film reviews, we also dismantle some of your favorite and most hated films. Sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. Hey, 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 you shut your face! If we want to hear you talk, I will shove my arm up your ass and work your mouth like a puppet! Alright, calm down, calm down. Every show I hope to have a new co-host, podcasters, and listeners alike. That's right, I'm talking to you people. I take all comers. That's not very nice. The only rules, well, let's ask the best cooler in the business. All you have to do is follow three simple rules. One, never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. Three, be nice. So join the insanity and please vent your frustrations. I'm available on TalkShoe, iTunes, and Stitcher Smart Radio. Remember, here at the Sin Beef Podcast, if you got beef, I've got the grinder.
right. Conquest from 1983, a.k.a. Mace the Outcast. Uh, <laughs> there you go. That sounds like a whole other title in general. Yeah. Spray, spray Mace in the eyes of the Outcast. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 sounds like uh, I, I'm gonna leave that there, yeah. It's, mm. it's, 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 it's basically it's a policeman training film. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That sounds like Border Patrol, really. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that saying. kind of does. Yeah. yeah. From a place beyond time comes a terrifying challenge beyond imagination. Conquest. Two men join forces in a struggle for power in a realm of fear. Conquest. An act of courage to conquer the Queen of Darkness. Armies of evil to win the weapons of light. Feel the power, accept the challenge of conquest. Directed by Lucio Fulci, written by Giovanni de Clemente, Gino Capone. Jose Antonio de la Loma and Carlos Vasallo uh, is starring wow, Andrea. That is the best you ever did on. You any, are the best. You know, these were these were Italian. easy ones. Yeah. <laughs> now we now we get to the cast, and I'm gonna. All right, here we go. Here we go. I was gonna praise you there because you yeah. did so well. And yeah, just hold on, just yeah, hold yeah, on, yeah, big yeah. chief. <laughs> um, Andrea Ocapente is Elias, uh, and he's he's been in uh, another Fulci film. He was in New York Ripper, and he was also in uh, Lamberto Bava's A Blade in the Dark. Yes, so, he was. Uh, Good for you, Lee. Jorge Rivero as Mace, and we just talked about him in Soldier Blue a few episodes back, actually. He was oh, one of the in spotted wolf or whatever the fuck his name is. One of the Indians, oh, of course. Well, you know, of course. Because, you know, he had... Yeah, he was... I got the clown Random film. guy who... Kills and then is killed. That's, mm-hmm. that's the yeah yeah. No, but um, both these guys actually had actually most of the cast in this surprisingly had fairly long careers. These two still working apparently. Um, yeah, so and he, he was pretty fucking hot as shit in this film too. So. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, both... it's a bunch of talented people who did at least one really shitty movie. <laughs> so you who... say, good sir. So 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 I uh, you know. Based Con- on no evidence whatsoever. Yeah, Conrad. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did a shitty one somewhere. I don't know. Uh, we'll talk one. about it. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Conrado San Martin, who actually just died this past April, uh, as Zora, and and he was in a bunch of shit. I didn't write any of it down, but he actually had a very long career. He was 98 when he died. So uh, there you go. It's, uh, it's sad when you hear people die young like that. Yeah. Uh, like you know, you know, like Christopher Lee and all those those young kids that keep dying. Conrado Sabrina Sani as Orcron, Jose Grass as Fado, and Violeta Sila as a sacrificial victim. Siani and Sila both did a bunch of nudie cutie kind of well not nudie cutie, but you know, like Italian sexy movies where they're knit naked a lot. So yeah, hence, yeah. hence their appearances here in this movie as well. Yeah. We should watch some of those. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I was looking at some of them, um, especially uh, Violetta Sila. She did some like really good cheesecake photos. Well, this, some one-handed googling uh, there for you, on, on your part there. I didn't. Ha- I didn't have time to do that. I was doing research. <laughs> research. One-handed research. We'll leave it there. Yeah. Yeah. And down. No. Well, I'm not going to use two hands on the mouse. What the fuck are you talking about? No, that's fair, um, that's so is that what you call it, the mouse, not the rat, <laughs> like just the mouse? Is that you know? Yeah, um, you know, I have no illusions. Um, uh, can you tell I don't really want to talk about this film? Like, <laughs> it's all right. We'll get into it. So we have a synopsis here from IMDb from someone called Matt Pate, and it says a young man armed with a magical bow and arrows embarks on a mystical journey through a mystical land to rid it of an evil and joins forces of an outlaw to take down an evil witch bent on claiming the magic bow for evil. He uses several words over and over again in this, and that's just bad writing. But yeah, no, it's... Yeah, yeah, that's the bad writing. Yeah, the synopsis <laughs> is the bad writing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, since, since you apparently have so much to say about this, Daniel, we're going to go to you first this time. So uh, I, what do you think uh, of this film? Here's the point. I have very little to say about this film. I watched it this evening. I you only watched, watched it, it once. I only watched it once. Maybe ah. if I watched it five times, I'd get more out of it. The version I watched was on uh, Amazon Prime. It mm-hmm. looks like shit. It looks like a VHS rip. I have no conception of like what the plot means. <laughs> I tried to read the plot synopsis, and I still have no conception of what the plot means. There's a naked girl with a snake. There's a guy with a bow. There's a guy who looks a little bit like a grizzled Ted Danson. He was my favorite character. Um, so, so yeah, that's 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 all I got. That's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I kind of like. I feel really bad because I really try to like kind of bring I, a little really bit to this to, and like make fun of Daniel a lot. But I think you should, he talked a little bit much. You <laughs> make a fun of me. Too far there. You yeah. went too far. Yeah. A little bit. You just can you just hold it back next time. I, I will. I will. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what about you, Paul? What What are your sort of general thoughts on this? This film, the one we're talking about right now. Uh-huh. Conquest. Oh. Conquest. Uh, Daniel said more than I could ever say. Bye. No. Uh, <laughs> I I absolutely adore this film. I think this film is fucking magic upon sex. I would watch Conquest every day of the week compared to any. Conan or any Red Sonja film. I think Conquest to me is everything those films lacked put into a film. I think it's awesome. I love the fact that they use the the uh, low focus lenses and all the fog machine shit just to give it those atmospheric nuances. The werewolf guys are fucking sick as shit. The nudity is awesome. The fucking mutilated queen that's nude the whole time with snakes is fucking sexy as fuck. I love the fact that he ripped the girl in half in that Fulci goddamn sexy-ass way. And oh, yeah, ripped the, ripping, rip, off. the ripping the girl in half thing, you know, that was pretty cool. It was pretty you know, fucking yeah. awesome. That was pretty yeah, fucking yeah, awesome. Pretty yeah, pretty yeah. Pretty the gore pretty is pretty fucking amazing in this film, yeah. actually. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, I like that they introduced, like, for instance, the zombie film, the zombie, uh, the, when, when uh, Ilias was actually hurt and he went to the aisle to get that magic... Uh, uh, flower. When, when he and went then, to uh, when he went to Doctor Pimple Popper. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, Does anyone know that, that show? I I caught my mother watching this show the other day. I'm like, what I the know, fuck are you watching? I, I is it a show now? There yeah, is a show. Is, yeah. There is a yeah. show called Doctor Pimple Popper, which is I know it as like a YouTube channel no, it, for like years a, and a, years. A, like, I'll just be forewarned: it's a slow fap, but you will get there at the end. 
<laughs> it is because gross as fuck. It's, I come at least two times every episode. I was I was looking at that and I was like, I just saw this shit the other day. I saw my mom watching this shit, basically. She, she no, should watch it, Conquest. It, 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 she actually, should... the funny thing is my ex-girlfriend, Liberty, that I told you, my ex-girlfriend, she was enthralled with pimple popping. She loved oh. watching pimple popping all the time. I don't Something about it, she loved it. So I was like, well... I got some on my back, go to town. So she just went to town all day long. Just black I didn't need and... to hear that shit. Yeah, I'm just saying. Hold on, hold on. I don't, I don't, How I many? Hold on, hold on. She went to town all day long on yeah. the pimples on your back. Like, well, how many fucking pimples? How long does it take to pump one, to pop okay, one well, pimple? Actually, I'm really glad that you said that because, fair warning, when you have people that seem to get off on the idea of popping pimples, if you have two or three, that's fine. The problem is they'll find every follicle on your body that isn't even a pimple, and they'll try to pop that fucker all day long. And you'll be screaming and crying and wetting yourself as they just dig their nails in to anything that looks like anything. So don't ever do it. This is a deeper dive into Paul's sex life than I ever needed. (laughs) Because because I have dated people who are into pimple popping who who like that as an aesthetic thing. And then ultimately just go, yeah, no, no, I'm done. You, You know. Like, you know, yeah, so she's like, no, no, she was one of those knee on the back of your head going, no, I'm sure I could get this. Just stop for God's sakes. And of course, I'm tied up because that's what you do. And, you know, it just it's one of those things that just doesn't stop. And it's uh, so, so what you're saying is like your consent was very uh, thoroughly violated. It was, and, uh, no, uh, you I know, say that I would say limited. <laughs> limited fair enough all right. yeah all right i'll tell you what i lost a pound and a half so it's a weight gain thing let's get off the pimple stuff what else do you like about this film paul <laughs> oh calm down lee you're fine i like everything about this film i like it's very loose don't get me wrong it's loose it's a loose kind of concept but honestly conan was as just as loose let's not be fucking facetious about this he was you know like conan is fucking amazing but just as loosely built as this film you know what i mean like it's just Uh, i totally disagree there it it, it, to me it was to me and this is art art is supposed to be your own personal take you know to me sure like this yeah it it is it is is your own personal take on art you know what i mean like i find i get as much personally from watching conan as i do watching Conquest. Personally, I get as much out of it. That's fine, you know and, I mean? and I, I, I can, I can sort of see that. Like, and honestly, crawl is shit. I'm just saying. Well, yeah, crawl's not great. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I think that the big thing here is like, you know, you watch any faulty film for the most part, and you're not going to get a very coherent story, especially when it gets into his horror stuff. He's doing a fantasy film here, and he's like. Oh yeah, this is just full blown fantasy. None of this shit's gonna make sense. He just throws whatever random ideas he has and puts it in there, like all these different weird monsters. I mean, even basically just put zombies in this film at one point. You know, the, the well, things that come out of there. I understand. Like, I, you have the main foes. You have the evil queen that realizes this person is gonna come to try to defeat her. Right? Mm-hmm. She wants the bow because that's the power, but she wants him dead. Then she has the werewolf unit, which I'm a big werewolf fan anyway. So you have the werewolf unit trying to kill him. Then they fight back and forth. Meanwhile, they go through bullshit. He gets hurt. He goes to find the thing. And he just happens to get zombies. And I think I love it. I just like, he's like, you know what? That's the thing I didn't expect. And they fight random shit. Like, for some reason, at the same time, then he goes back. He gets killed. He puts his shit on the ashes after he gets cremated. He fights her, kills her, 
the end. Like, I mean, it, it seems to me it's not as balls to the wall as maybe it could be. I can follow the plot. It, it has a little bit of this and that. Like, for instance, when he's going through those rocks, what the fuck are those things? I have no fucking idea. Like, there is a lot of that going on. What the fuck is happening now? There is a lot of that. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I do feel Conquest is actually a solid, solid story. And I enjoy it. Well, I think it's got all the... It's got all the elements of like your sort of traditional fantasy film or whatever. I mean, um, I mean, this is basically just you know, in the wake of Conan, the Italian film industry is like, okay, we got to make ripoffs of this shit. But uh, but they're also like implementing here Beastmaster because there's the communication with animals thing. Oh, especially the birds on Mm -hmm. there, yeah, Mm -hmm. and the dolphins that that cut his. Which just made me think of Birdemic, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Then there's the obvious quest for fire thing like like this doesn't feel like a uh, like the, the sort of cultures you see presented in this they don't feel like they've made it to like the middle ages or something like that which like a lot of these sort of movies do these these people most of these people are like straight up cave people and this and, this one would have been vastly improved by Raquel Welch in a bikini ultimately i would agree with that but uh, but, the, but then uh, then what film wouldn't yeah, yeah, but please, yeah, yeah. at least, you know. at least you guys need to talk about the crazy ass drawn cartoon arrows that come out of the bush. Oh, that's just they just scratched on the film. Like that's not even rotoscoping; they just scratched the film. And then, talk about that. <laughs> there, there is a scene where the, our heroes are attacked by arrows, quote unquote, that are just—it's basically just someone took the probably Fulci himself and just took the fucking film and. It, when he was editing and scratched some arrows in several frames. Right. And, then, and, and at the same time, at the same time, that was actually the, that God attacking them in one giant burst. So you could say, well, <laughs> what is that? I mean, that was just a representation of arrows. I don't know. Well, yeah, there's, there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a meta narrative about the, the filmmaker as the attacker against the, uh, the protagonist. And so there ultimately, you you know, because what? those long-haired hippies have to die. Well, the, yeah. I mean, the, the quote-unquote gods that are in this film are all sort of presented as fakes. Our main antagonist, uh, Orkron, who's the uh, half-naked female with the, with the metal mask, yeah. she's just she's just a oh, cult, oh, cult leader. Oh. Yeah, half-naked. She's half-naked. She's got a yeah, bottom she, on. She's got a, she's got a, she's got a mask she, on. She, she's she's wearing a mask and a shell. Look, like that's a, that's what she's wearing. If you have a hat you know? on or socks on, you're half fucking naked. Hey, she's she's okay, she, okay, she's, cover, she's covering the crotchal I'm, area. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing that she's not fully <laughs> naked. But like the idea that that's half naked is uh, yeah. it, 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 it kind of struck me as worth like naked strip club and they have tassels on. I'm walking the fuck out. It's very that's very conservative. It's it's this, and in fact that this movie is far too conservative. Honestly, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I just, I just wanted to highlight, like, oh no, what does half naked mean in the context of this film? <laughs> but, but, what do you, you think about the actual like effects when when shit goes down, like when Ilias gets the fucking diseases through him? It's oh just, no, the the effects like, work is fucking top notch. Like that's where great. the money is. Like, yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. There, there's there's two places where the money is in this film. Okay, first one's on the effects. The second one's on the fucking fog machines because. So, it's so honestly, oh, no, no. Are, are we sure time, that's not just the VHS? Like, uh, no, this like, this, yeah, this movie was intentionally shot that no, way. Yeah, it was okay, actually okay. shot on a low focus lens to give it a blurry atmospheric uh, effect yeah. the whole time. I have, now, however, though, 
when you say those two things are the highlights, look at every Fulci movie and be like, oh, I get it. Well, yeah, sure. Well, no, the, the, the thing is, mo- most Fulci movies actually look clear. Like, you can actually see yeah, what's going on. Well, th- th- there's a reason why they put the, the, the fuse on there, because they wanted yeah, to give it, it the atmosphere. I, I, there... I, get, I get real, like, low-budget Doctor Who, like, vibes yeah, yeah, from yeah, watching it. Like, much. the really terrible low-budget Doctor Who stuff with, like, less inventiveness and more gore and nudity. That's, that's kind of the... But you that's know, inventiveness. Aesthetic, you know? But which I'm fine with, but also it kind of put me to sleep. You know that was that was the sort of the uh, the other side of that. But you know, well, we, yeah. we 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 jacked the different poles. I don't know what to tell you. Like you know, <laughs> no, 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 I'm I'm not a, like I'm I'm trying to just kind of be completely open about my response to the film. You know, just kind of yeah. say, yeah, yeah, no, like really. I have no idea what happened in this film. I like the fact that there's a naked girl in it. I like our uh, our, our grizzled Ted dancing with a mullet I, thing. I really, really, I like the it. the magic uh, bow, but I, I, I really have no idea what happened. Ilias, it was yeah. about time to throw down a girl from the kid, the the the, kid, the, the from Mace's family. She, that girl is straight up. A ripoff from Quest for Fire. That is, that is Ray Don Chong from Quest for Fire. Absolutely from Quest for Fire. I completely agree with you, one hundred percent. And then right when they're gonna go throw down like hardcore, she comes up with a blown out fucking brain fucking face and blood everywhere. And the fucking werewolf is coming. It's like oh shit, here it comes. I love. I do love this film because of the werewolf. Uh, I, I want. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll talk about the uh, we'll talk about the budget Wookie masks in a minute. <laughs> Oh, fucking Jesus. <laughs> I find it interesting, like, you brought it up, how later on um, our hero, Mace, uses the ashes of uh, Ilias to, you know, empower him a bit more yeah. or whatever. There's definitely, like, a, a focus here on using other people's remains in ritual magic kind of thing. Because right. uh, Okron sees the future by eating people's brains. Yeah, brains. And then offers herself to the next god. It's interesting that they're both basically false gods, too. They're both kind of, in, in the end, they're kind of both impotent and powerless. Like, well, and that's that's the nice thing about really true religion, like old religions and stuff. Like Nordic, They're actually all basically... Well, well Okron's a fake. She's she's yeah. basically a fake. Yeah, like she she's built this cult around her, she, and she needs to plead to the next god. The next yeah, god and then she the and then that guy, even him, he's like at the end there when he sees fucking Mace come back, he's like fuck this, <laughs> and he's out of here. Yeah. And that's why when Okron dies, that's why she becomes the wolf because she's already. It doesn't matter. She gave herself to him because even if he wins or fails. She has to go with him and be her slave for the rest of her life. So that's where she walks away as the wolf. Yeah, the and I mean there there are there is some story here, but I mean it's Fulci. You can't expect it to fully like flow and make sense because he rarely ever does that. When when, when he makes maybe like a crime picture, then it kind of flows. But otherwise, he's just like I'm I'm doing whatever the fuck I want. I'm, I'm making right. a fantasy film. The time I watched this film was in German, so I'm. Uh... <laughs> but I, it, but I, I remember the I remember the film. I've watched it a few times, but my kids lost the remote to my TV, mm-hmm. so I can't choose a language now. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just watch it in German. So, that's, but I mean, that's there's fun. there's hardly any dialogue in the film. But the, but the 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 dialogue that's in the film seemed to seems like and I don't know. I enjoyed the the dialogue. I love I love. Uh, at first, it was like, dude, you're a dick. You just shot that guy with a fucking arrow. He's like, and then then you get the whole idea, like when man meets man, when you know one man must die, but when animal meets man, all the animal always must die. I'm on the animal side, 
And he's like, that's really fucked up because aren't you eating that animal? And he's like, I, I didn't it. kill it. I didn't kill it. He goes, isn't that a little bit fucked up? And he's like, yeah, but. And then next thing you know, they're fighting again. It is interesting. This movie does subvert the typical structure of this sort of adventure film. So Mace, he's the experienced outlaw warrior who, in most of these films, he usually ends up like he's he's like in Willow. He's like the Mad Mardigan character, yeah, like in right. Willow, right? Same idea. Hey, get, get me out. Yeah, he's he's the guy who usually ends up reluctantly guiding and helping our hero to their goal. But in this one, he actually ends up becoming the hero. Yeah. The, the person you think you're going to be the hero, he ends up headless right. and dead. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing is that's important to this film that I think, you know, should be said. The hero, right, the original hero helped change the new hero to actually become good enough to do his job. Because if you notice, like, the first time he shoots the guy right in the fucking chest, not giving a fuck, walks away with the thing. The next time they do that kind of, like, silly steal the meat from the guy and then Mm -hmm. that comical music happens, you're, you're seeing the lightning up of Mace. The realization of Mace. I will say they really dropped the ball on Mace, though. He should have just had a Mace. Because those fucking bone nunchucks, (laughs) what the fuck is that shit? That's that's just dumb. Like, that that was, okay, I know you're trying to be different, Fulci, but you could have just gave the guy a sword. Or a big big can of spray, something, anything. Just do anything that's more... Inclusive of me, but you know, you see what I'm standing on this. You you see what you guys are standing on it. So we can't. Uh, I guess we can't debate this film forever. It just uh, I like this. Well, film. The, I mean, it. I, I like it, but there really isn't a lot to talk about. I feel like in in the in when it comes down to it, like there there's neat scenes. It's really hard to watch because the choice of the smoke machines and the filters they put on it, and I'm sure they probably just rub Vaseline on the camera half the time. That was a dumb idea, I think. Yeah. I, I don't like that. Is there a, like a Blu-ray edition or something uh, of there this There is, film? and it looks exactly the same. That, that to me, is just kind of one of those, like, okay, it was 1983, this is what films look like, but also, like, oh, God. Like, I just, I just... Yeah. I, no, even, I'll, admit, even... I'll admit that a whole bunch of my, like, I just don't give a shit was, wow, this just looks like shit. And yeah, that's I, the weirdest I, thing. It's like, I can watch Conan maybe once a year tops. I can watch this one every month. That's fair. It's just, uh, ultimately, ultimately I'm, I'm trying to just kind of express my immediate, like, kind of response to this. Well, yeah, you're, know, I mean, that, that's the thing is, I'm an actual more old school underground movie guy. Sure. And, and the major majority mainstream movie watcher won't like this film and that's, I'd agree with that, that. that's what we yeah. do that's what we do in my my podcast too the maniacs me podcast is okay what would you give it as a horror guy okay what would you give it as a mainstream guy and obviously it's always super low compared to like when we do mainstreamers like mainstreamer they would watch conquest for about five minutes and turn it off the the actual like the more independent movie into like old school horror this and that you know, cheap guy would probably like know the Fulce, the one to watch it, enjoy Fulce, and they would give it a higher grade. And that's where we're kind of at right now because I like it and most people wouldn't. There you go. I like it. I just, I think 
I think his choice, what he did with the with the visuals, I think was way off. Like, I don't think he should have done that. There, there are a bunch of like, at least in the version that I watched, and I, I tried it on both Amazon and on YouTube. There are like digital artifacts from you know, kind of whatever's happening in Ooh. terms of the transfer. It feels very much like a super cheap VHS transfer. I don't know, kind of what the like super high quality version looks like. Maybe they clean some of that up, but like, ultimately, I mean. And I really try not to let that affect my opinion of a film. Like, oh, it just kind of looks like crap because it's in in the VHS era. But also, I was completely uninvolved with anything (laughs) watching Mm -hmm. this film, you know. And, uh, you know, I can't deny that that, that's what kind of came out of it. So, you know. No, it's totally fair. Yeah, so I, I honestly, I think think we we have a good spectrum of opinions on this. I sit sort of in the middle. You sit... On the on the low end of it, and Paul sits on the high end of of this one. Yeah, uh, and I and I and I and, and to just just for the audience, like I I am in no way uh, disagreeing with anything that you guys have to say about the film. If you're if you got into it and found things in it, that's fine. It just kind of bored me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like yeah, no, that's, that's totally fair. Anything else we want to say about this one, or uh, do we want to move that's on? That's what I'm here for. Yeah, you have anything else, Paul? Or uh... well, I do have a special edition uh, conquest. Yeah, the uh, yeah, it has a the regular edition, the grindhouse version, and a special edition um, DVD. This is a, a whole box version. One has a whole book and and uh, it has a whole a book and a um, German release, right? A German release, yes, uh, my friend. It's the 30th anniversary collection release. You might be able to find this in the American version too. This one has basically everything you'd want, including a poster. So this is yeah. the, the conquest you should get. This is here. Here's the thing is here's the kicker <laughs> limited to 2000 releases. So you might not be able to get this, but if you can do grab it up, even if it's in the German edition, because it comes with English and English subtitles. So pick it up. Absolutely. Right on DVD info for this. Uh, otherwise blue underground releases on DVD in 2004. That's the one I own. And that one's basically restored. But again, it it was actually a style choice of Fulci to make the film that muddy and dirty. And so, I mean, that's kind of what you sort of sit with, unless you, like, want to radically change how the film actually looks. You want to do, like, a criterion cleanup or something like that, where you try to take all the dirt out of it and make it not the film that Fulci was intending. That's kind of what you're stuck with. And there's also a uh, Code Red Blu-ray from 2019. Uh, just was just released in April or May, I think. So that's floating around as well. Uh, so those are your other choices. And, of course, uh, Daniel was saying it's streaming. It's on YouTube. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime with the uh, Full Moon subscription. So right. Like, you know. Yeah, I think it was originally on, like, the Blue Underground thing on Amazon Prime, and then it, I think all that stuff basically went over to Full Moon or whatever. So I yeah. would say that if this film was clearer and tried to emulate the same kind of film grain that like Conan would have, I would find it less interesting and I probably would hate it. That's fair. Because it, it wouldn't have its unique vibe that it does. It's yeah. def- it, it definitely stands out from like every other, like, like not just in how it looks, it definitely does stand out from just about every other one of these uh, sword and yeah. sorcery films from the eighties. If it would look more like those films, I would have to compare it more to those films, and then that would lose its luster for me. Yeah. Right on. 
Yeah. Because if you have if you have a carbon copy quality and everything to the original, then you're like, okay, well, that's wrong. That's this. That's stupid. That's wrong. You know, I mean, you'd have like this kind of the way they approach it makes it its own entity. And I take it as its own entity. Yeah, no, Fulci was definitely not interested in the, like directly ripping off like Conan <laughs> the Barbarian. That's right. definitely not what's going on here. This is take some LSD and have a ride. <laughs> Next time we're going to be going back to some uh, post-apocalyptic shit. We're going to be looking at uh, two films. Next time, we're going to be doing uh, the Bronx Warriors and Escape from the Bronx. So uh, we're going to be going back to Enzio G. Castellari. This time we're going to be looking at basically John Carpenter ripoffs to a certain extent. Uh, yeah, so there and we go. And if you don't like me, I won't be there. <laughs> Paul, where can people find you on the interwebs? You can find me on YouTube. We're doing the PA Brew News and the Maniacs Meat Podcast. You can check me out on Instagram at Oil Paintings by P. Romaley. Facebook, Oil Paintings by P. Romaley. Twitter, PA Brew News. And that's it. Awesome. Daniel, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter at Daniel Lee Harper, because that's my name. I do a podcast. I don't speak German. Uh, it's in the show notes. And it's where I talk about, uh, I've been listening to Nazis talk about shit for like three years now. And I talk about the things that they talk about. And uh, tell you why they're bad, which you should know that they're bad. But also uh, why they're bad, it's worth knowing. And... Yeah. Um, He's spewing a lot of lot of really bad shit out of his brain, trying to get rid of it. So. And the, the the most recent episode, I say a lot of racial slurs because I'm <laughs> quoting other people. So uh, check it out if you're check so interested. Yeah, that's yeah. I try, not the... to, I try not to push that podcast on this podcast, but also uh, you know for the most recent episode, yeah, we'll uh, push it a little bit. Come also, for the Nazis. Like stay for the slurs. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> probably not. Uh, probably just come to listen to how terrible these people are. They're terrible. Yeah. If you want to know if you want to know how bad the internet is, I know how bad the internet is. And I will explain it to you. Go check out my other podcast. That's the that's the key. Uh, you can find us at tmbdos.podbean.com where you can find our Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Facebook links. Join the Facebook group. Best way to find out what's going on on the podcast. And uh, yeah, until then, we're going to be back uh, next time with the uh, the future again. We're going to be looking at 1990, you know, the future. Uh, we're going to look at some, you know, post-apocalyptic shit. And uh, that'll be fun. Uh, I think Daniel will have a lot more fun with those films than he had this one. Yeah, yeah. I'm... Uh... <laughs> I really, I, I actively hate not liking the films we do in this podcast. Like, I always really try, even if it's not my kind of film, to find positive things. This gave me nothing. And that's, you know, and, and I hate that about myself, that I couldn't find anything. But also, I just didn't. It was just, that's just where I landed. I think the really interesting thing is that I think most people will be surprised that, you couldn't find anything really good to say about this film, but you had good things to say about Cat in the Brain. Oh, yeah, which, no, which, Cat which, in the Brain was way well, more Cat in the Brain was definitely, yeah, more interesting as far as the yeah, film yeah. goes. Yeah. Especially when you, if you're looking at, uh, at just psychosis and stuff. like, And then the thing is, that's how he intermittently puts different films in to give you different atmospheres, yet wrapping everything around his own personality. And him dressing as Ed Gein for no reason. I mean, <laughs> you, you, gotta, you gotta talk about that. 
Yeah, you got. I'm gonna I'm gonna completely forget this film like 20 minutes after we finish yeah, recording. I'm that's, gonna watch it 20 minutes at. after we stop talking about it. That's that's where I'm. At. And that's <laughs> and ultimately, this is where this podcast lives is between Paul's. I'm gonna watch this five <laughs> times in the next like five days, and my like, I don't care. It's done. It's over. <laughs> you know. That's well, where the thing is like. Uh, even though I respectfully love Daniel and he respectfully like will touch my butt. I will uh, touch. I will not only touch, I will insert a finger into your butt with your permission. See, is, and again, going back to how much I love Daniel, um, we are polar fucking opposites at the same time. And I think that, that, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, like he has the thing about why I don't speak German and I dress up as Hitler and do a podcast. It's it, it, the thing is like, we are complete polar opposites, but we respect and love each other, and we don't give people shit unless they give us shit. And I think that's why we love each other. And I like this, and and it, it works well, and we have a nice synergy in the same way. We def- we definitely do. We definitely we're co- like the the weirdest odd couple you ever seen on the fucking street. Yeah, we get along and buy ice cream together, and we do that whole hand thing where we lick. I lick his, and he licks mine. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, and I'm and that's the that's the dichotomy. I'm right in the middle. I'm in the middle of the sandwich. <laughs> and, you, and, and you control us. You control us. And yeah. Minions. And if yes. you want to, you want to give us shit. We are on YouTube, like I said. But until then, we are closing down this show. So uh, thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Paul. Thank you all, you thank guys, you. for listening to us. Try to find out what's going on in this film. And we'll probably have a lot more to say about the uh, next two films next time. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. Cheers.
You've been listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. For other episodes, our links to Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and our Facebook group, as well as links to podcasts and websites of similar interest, please visit us at tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through. <laughs>